Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. The Cleveland Browns have a roster and they have a future. That and more next on your Locked On Browns podcast. You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It is time. It's week one of the NFL season. The Cleveland Browns have made their roster adjustments. And so now we know what that 53-man roster is going to look like. And while many Browns fans have hem and hawed about a lot of the moves that have made, when we look at this roster, we can be nothing but excited about what the future might hold, as well as the upside of all the moves that have been made by the team. And so we're just going to jump right into it this morning, Browns fans. As we get ready for the Philadelphia Eagles coming up this Sunday, it's time to break down the roster, break down the positions, see what's surprising to us, what we're excited about, and maybe what some of our concerns are. So we start out, as every team does, with the quarterback position. And so we saw a lot of exciting things out of Robert Griffin III uh, during preseason, enough so that many Browns fans believe maybe we have our quarterback of the future. Obviously, uh, his health is going to be vital to the future, but Griffin showed his uh, flick of the wrist that he can get it down the field 50 yards uh, quicker than any quarterback we have seen here in Cleveland, uh, possibly ever, as well as uh, a great uh, understanding of when to run and a, a new learned ability to slide and to avoid the hit, something that he really struggled with in Washington. It's going to be important that he continues to do that uh, when the regular season starts, when the games actually mattered. It's a little easier to do that in preseason when we know the results don't matter. And so uh, highly competitive people often struggle changing their ways uh, when competitive situations come up. And so Robert Griffin III allows the Browns and allows uh, head coach Hugh Jackson to really set up a unique offense based on some uh, strong running game, uh, the ability for the quarterback to get out and run, and then his deep, deep arm uh, that where he can get the ball uh, on target, on time, uh, to some of the, the receivers that we have out there. And so a lot of excitement with Griffin. Uh, the important thing for Griff is going to be whether he can uh, hit his check down men, uh, if he can hit the guys over the middle uh, on curl routes, on slants uh, in, on, in time. Uh, something he does in the deep ball very well, something he hasn't shown uh, the same ability on the short ball. But again, compared to the kind of quarterbacks we've seen here in Cleveland for years, Got to be excited about Griff. Got to be excited about RG3, especially with the connection he seems to have uh, both with Jackson as his head coach and offensive coordinator, and as well as his receivers who are really excited about uh, playing with someone who is going to get the ball to him, is going to take chances, and going to put them in a position to succeed. Behind RG3, we have Josh McCown. Uh, right now, the Browns are going to hold on to McCown for a couple of reasons. One, because we know Griffin's uh, injury history. Uh, but two, we know uh, McCown's value is probably just going to continue to rise as he sits on the bench. And so uh, if there's other injuries, like we saw with the Teddy Bridgewater injury, you have uh, teams making what seem to be pretty poor choices because of how important the quarterback position is. And so Josh McCown may be the best quarterback now that will be available in the future. 
should something happen, whether that is Dak Prescott struggles or get, gets injured and Tony Romo can't return, or a number of other quarterbacks that if they go down like Teddy Bridgewater did, then uh, they're going to need somebody. And the Browns uh, really are in position to hold on to McCown long enough to really uh, see that Griffin can be healthy. Uh, and then also to allow Cody Kessler to develop behind him. Um, many people are interested by Kevin Hogan, uh, reportedly is going to be signed to the practice squad. I'm not a Hogan fan, uh, struggles with accuracy, um, big guy, big arm or big enough arm, but just not really there uh, as it's seen by him getting cut this year as a rookie. Uh, but at least it's someone on the roster that if they do choose to move McCown, uh, can back up either RG3 or Kessler, can take some punishment if needed, um, and just kind of get the Browns through this season where winning isn't kind of a priority. At the running back position, it's a little bit of a surprise, but after a couple moves at the waiver wire, the Browns are down to three running backs. And so we kind of have an idea of what we're going to get from Isaiah Crowell. Browns fans have to be excited uh, after a tumultuous offseason based on his social media post and a couple years of of Crow really struggling with his feet and his vision, there seems to be a corner that has been turned with Crowell. And so uh, as our starter, he should be able to turn out some yards, uh, even when the offensive line struggles, which they have not against the run so far in the preseason. Then we have the electric and exciting Duke Johnson, who, while smaller, can still run between the tackles, is a great pass catcher, and is always falling forward, always trying to break tackles. And then the Browns have brought in Atkinson from uh, Oakland, a young guy who can really run. He's probably going to be our primary kick returner, uh, while rookie Corey Coleman may get the punt return jobs. Uh, Atkinson, uh, who took one back about 80 yards in the preseason, has a lot of speed. He runs a little too upright, so he's going to take some shots. Um, but as a kick returner uh, or even a guy in the screen game, split out wide as a slot can really uh, create for the Browns. And so uh, Terrell Watson could make it to the practice squad or with a couple other moves, we could see him back on the roster. He provides the Browns a bigger, stronger, durable back uh, that is familiar with Hugh Jackson. And so only three running backs, possibly because when you go to our wide receiver position, we have all four rookies making the team. And so uh, many thought maybe Ricardo Lewis would be cut and moved to the practice squad or maybe even put to the IR based on the hamstring issues he had. Um, you have Rashad Higgins, Hollywood uh, has looked really good uh, this offseason so far and someone that has excited uh, both the Browns fans as well as the staff. Jordan Payton looks like a good hands guy in the middle of the field. Then obviously you have Corey Coleman, the first round pick, um, who has been full of excitement, didn't show a lot uh, during preseason games. He was very limited uh, in his preseason time, uh, but someone that has Browns fans really excited. And then you have Terrell Pryor. Uh, the big guy uh, who is really starting to develop. Whether we'll see consistency from him or not is a different discussion. We have a lot of receivers. Uh, he's our big play threat until Josh Gordon returns in week five. And then you have Andrew Hawkins, who is a dynamic slot receiver uh, who wasn't used uh, great due to um, just how the Browns were running the ball, throwing the ball, uh, as well as his injury history over the last couple of years. Um, but Hugh Jackson really wants his professional ability inside the team and so uh, and then we have our offensive line we only have uh, John Greco as our backup center as well as our starting right guard uh, Alvin Bailey can play there a bit um, but the Browns are really excited about uh, some of the youth that's on 
for the offensive line uh, with Sean Coleman and Spencer Drongo. Obviously, we know what we're going to get out of Joe Thomas, Joel Petonio. The real question comes down to Cameron Irvin, who has looked really good in run blocking, kind of looked clueless so far uh, in his pass protection. And so a lot that needs to be worked on there. And Austin Pastor uh, has locked down the right tackle job um, based on uh, his technique, his footwork, those kind of things. And so the Browns offense is the exciting part of the team. Um, and so we really want to highlight the exciting part first. And right after this, we'll we'll talk a little bit about the defense where uh, struggles seem ready to come. Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code BOOM to get $30 off your first month. That's BOOM. Talkspace.com slash BOOM. B-O-O-M. A quick note on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Make sure you subscribe to Matt Williamson's Lockdown NFL and Vinny Eiler's Lockdown Fantasy Football for all uh, that you need for making sure your fantasy team can dominate. While nobody else really wants to hear about my fantasy team or your fantasy team, we all know we're very competitive people. And so make sure you check out, again, that's Matt Williamson's Locked On NFL and Vinny Eiler's Locked On Fantasy Football on the Locked On Podcast Network. So we've talked about the offense. Now it's time to talk about the defense. What can we say about the defense? It's going to be a work in progress. But the Browns have really made a lot of additions here uh, that long-term can pay off. And so uh, even... Uh, after the first cuts, the Browns added Stephen Paella, uh, who is someone who I really like. If you remember him, it's because you uh, really focus on the NFL or remember that he set the record for bench presses at the combine. And so a big, strong man. He's very, very versatile. While he's not the perfect uh, nose tackle, he does know how to play with leverage uh, as a one, three, or even as a five technique. He has enough length uh, to kind of play at that five technique spot, which is really something that the Browns have struggled with outside of Carl Nassib or Emmanuel Agba, both rookies uh, who need to play other, who other play other positions as well. And so adding Paella is going to be a huge help to the Browns defense. There also is some belief that uh, his addition will help push Danny Shelton. And so anything that we can do to push Shelton to grow and to learn in his position is going to be huge. But the defensive line has a lot of talent, whether they can put it all together. Xavier Cooper, someone who plays that three technique, can really get some penetration. Uh, Jamie Meter is a hardworking guy uh, as our backup nose tackle. Uh, many believe he should be starting over Shelton. Um, and then we've talked about the rookies a little bit. Uh, and John Hughes III is really trying to get uh, his feet underneath of him after missing a couple weeks uh, due to a personal issue, uh, but is someone that many believe should be starting uh, on the defensive line and provides a solid uh, run-stopping kind of uh, player there. The linebacking core, it's a lot of speed added upon speed added upon speed. Outside of Demario Davis, uh, the starting uh, one of the starting inside linebackers, the Browns really have a bunch of speed that they want to to throw down the field. Christian Kirksey will start alongside Davis. Uh, he can cover, he can rush the passer, someone we've all really, really liked uh, and wanted to see develop. Agba has made a huge impression on Browns fans uh, so far this season. Joe Schobert hasn't exactly shown out uh, in his time in preseason. Um, maybe a little bit better as an inside linebacker, but the Browns want him on the outside. And then the Browns have added two players who um, 
for different reasons are exciting. You have Tyrone Holmes, uh, the rookie six-round pick who was cut by the Jags, who many, many NFL teams put in claims for him. The Browns got him because they had the number two claim. He's a small school guy uh, with a lot of upside uh, who was drafted late. And then you have Corey Lemonier, who uh, was drafted in the third round, um, has, a, again, a lot of speed, a lot of those physical uh, traits that the Browns like, uh, but really hasn't shown so far in the NFL, uh, cut by the 49ers, claimed by the Browns. And so you add those two speed pieces on the outside, uh, along with Nate Orchard, who may never really be a pure pass rusher, uh, but can cover a little bit, can stop the run, uh, provide an anchor on the outside. And so the linebacking core, again, while young, has added a lot of speed uh, and may be the strength of this defense. On the other hand, you have our defensive backfield. And so there's very little depth after the Browns cut Pierre Desir and Kaywon Williams. Um, they've brought in a couple guys um, during the uh, waiver claim time, Marcus Burley and Brian Body Calhoun, uh, both who can play cornerback. Uh, so they can play there alongside Jamar Taylor. But really on the outside, that leaves Joe Hayden and Tremont Williams. And so while Taylor can play outside, he struggled in that position with the Dolphins. And so the Browns really have only Hayden and Williams, and Williams really hasn't shown much in his time with the Browns, and this preseason has been struggling with a foot issue. So it'll be interesting how the Browns are able to cover in the secondary. Um, they'll be very dependent on Ray Horton's pressure schemes up front with all the speed that they've tried to add so that they can actually uh, don't have to cover very long, because if they do, the Browns will struggle against the pass mightily, and the run struggles of years past uh, may seem light compared to what we may see um, on the opposite side of Joe Hayden, who is a very good cornerback, maybe not a top flight, top five kind of corner in the league. And then you have our safeties. Jordan Poyer and Ibrahim Campbell are likely to start. Um, they've got a few guys that they like backing them up, but really lacking kind of a dynamic piece uh, and lacking any type of veteran leadership uh, at the safety position. Uh, which can often kind of be that center fielder needs to have a feel and an understanding of the game. Poyer in his fourth year um, has shown some good things, but again, is just a, is a limited player as a whole. Ibrahim Campbell going into his second year uh, can hit, can cover, um, but again, uh, is just a good player who may have some upside, not someone that the Browns should be counting on uh, to kind of anchor their defense. And so, uh, and then we have our special teams. Again, you never know what you're going to get out of special teams. So the Browns turned Andy Lee, uh, which we'll talk about here in just a second, uh, into a fourth-round pick, and then just signed Britton Colquitt, uh, formerly of the Denver Broncos, a very similar punter, maybe not as good as Andy Lee, uh, but the combination of Colquitt and a fourth-round pick by far outseeds Andy Lee. And so there's very few punters that are ever drafted the fourth round or higher, and there's a reason for that. Um, punters, kickers tend to be a dime a dozen, uh, unless you get the, kind of the top one, two, or three, which Lee is, um, but has a huge salary. And for a Browns team that's going to struggle overall, a slight downgrade to Colquitt uh, for the addition of a fourth-round pick is a no-brainer. And so the Browns uh, still have a good punter who they can rely on, a veteran that they know what they're getting. At, at a kicker, Patrick Murray won uh, that roster spot. But don't be surprised if, if, as he struggles, somebody else is brought in. Uh, many NFL teams just kind of rotate their kickers to try to find the right one at the right time. And so, uh, and then the long snapper, 
Charlie Huglet, if you don't know his name, that means he's doing his job. Uh, if you know his name, that means you probably want him cut. And so right now that's really his role. Uh, he does a fine job at that because we really don't know about him. So that's the Browns roster. And so what do we know? What has the team done? In the last 10 days, they've traded Barkevius Mingo for a fifth round pick. They were probably going to cut him. Traded Andy Lee for a fourth round pick. Now they have Brenton Cole quick. So they're really not downgrading that much and have added another pick. And then they traded Justin Gilbert, someone who uh, I've been highly critical. I've been highly critical of how this new regime has dealt with Gilbert, giving him all of these opportunities. But it tells you how much the league values Gilbert, uh, that all they got for him was a sixth round pick in 2018. It tells you how much the Browns think about Gilbert, that they had no problem dealing him uh, to an in-division rival with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So they got rid of three players. One, Andy Lee, who's very good, didn't really have a huge role of importance on this team. Mingo and Gilbert had no role, so they added two draft picks for them. They've signed Stephen Paella. They've brought in some speed uh, with um, the running back Atkinson, uh, with Holmes, uh, and with uh, Lemonnier. And so they brought in a lot of speed as well as some corners. They just need someone to cover. Um, they have 25 players from last year. Last year's team went 3-13, and 13, Browns fans. And so while we may have wanted Paul Kruger to stay on the team because he may be better because he's a veteran and understands what he's doing a little bit more uh, than some of the young guys, the reality is, is the Browns have decided to create a foundation based on youth, based on players with upside and with speed that they believe that they can coach. And so um, whether or not you believe in this new regime, uh, they believe in themselves. And that's really going to be the key is they are betting solely on themselves to develop their players. Unlike regimes past where we've brought in some stopgap measures to try to compete right away or brought in up players from that were their guys from the teams that they just left. The Browns really haven't done that besides Terrell Watson. Most of the other additions were just players that they liked versus bringing in Hugh Jackson guys or Ray Horton guys or Pep Hamilton's guys. They brought in players that they really liked. And so this, this regime is betting on itself. It's not, it's betting that it can develop players, that can, it can put players in position to succeed, uh, much the way that Chip Kelly and Bill Belichick have, are running their organizations or have run their organizations. Belichick, obviously very successful, believes in himself. Kelly has had some success in the NFL and got hired again right away, believes in his structure, uh, his system, his schemes. Same thing with the current Browns, uh, Hugh Jackson, Ray Horton, Pep Hamilton, and then the front office. Um, most believe that Sashi Brown uh, has fleeced people in all of the trades that they have made, getting a fourth for a punter, getting a fifth for Mingo, and getting anything for Justin Gilbert, as well as all the other trades that they've made to amass first and second round picks uh, over the next couple of years. Uh, Sashi Brown has shown that he's not a rookie at this game. Uh, that teams are not going to take advantage of him, but that he's going to lay the groundwork uh, for a roster that he can really build. And for Browns fans sick of turnover, this says a lot about what Jimmy Haslam and the rest of the organization believes, is that they're willing to build from the ground up. There is no uh, plan to have to win right away. Um, it's a plan to build something for the long-term sustainable future. That's why 13 of the 14 draft picks are on the roster. Caldwell, uh, who was cut, most likely is going to go to the practice squad. They've gotten rid of the past. They've gotten rid of that old regime, the old ideas, the old ways of doing things. Um, 
and they're turning to their side, which is speed, speed, and speed. And so um, sick of looking at a roster that seems just a step behind, the Browns have definitely made a move to try to change that. And so we have a 53-man roster. We have a future Browns fan, something that you should be excited for. Not only is this roster intact with a bunch of young players, but we have between 12 and 14 picks, depending on uh, how things kind of uh, play out, at least in the next year's draft, and then a couple more extra picks the year after that already. So there is a lot of youth on the way. And so if you believe in this regime, whether the records show it or not, there is a future in Cleveland, and it starts with Sashi Brown and Hugh Jackson, and it goes from there. The first 53-man roster I wrote about for the Orange and Brown Report that is actually going up here in just a few minutes, as well as this podcast, I talk a little bit about uh, those three things that um, they've gotten rid of the past, that they they value the youth and the multiple picks, uh, and they value speed, and that's something that's been proven. And so I'm um, really excited about what the 53-man roster is has got for us. And so for the rest of the week, uh, we'll look at any other moves. There could be one, two, or three more moves made for the kind of the second wave of the waivers and the cuts uh, that were made yesterday. Uh, and then we'll prepare for the Eagles game, where the Browns can kind of double dip by beating the Eagles. They can get a win themselves but they can also then uh, start the Eagles down a road of hopefully a bad season where the team, uh, they, we can get their draft pick at a very high level. So looking forward to the rest of this week, Locked on Browns podcast. To finish up, like we always do, it's our listen up, tune in, and click on segment. And so first I want you to listen up and subscribe to Turin Davenport's Locked on Eagles podcast. We play the Eagles this week. Turin is going to be is a great guy. I met him at the Combine, someone who's just got a lot of energy and information about the Eagles. Uh, so please check out uh, Turin's uh, Locked on Eagles podcast this week. He'll be talking about the Browns, so somebody else uh, talking about our favorite team. Make sure you check out Turin, as well as obviously uh, the Locked on NFL and Locked on Fantasy podcast to make sure you're up on everything that's happening around the league so you can win your fantasy league, especially those of you who are in my Orange and Brown Report uh, league. I don't think you're going to beat me, but bring it on. Uh, Tune in. Tonight, college football continues uh, the greatest weekend, starting weekend, or at least that's how they're uh, marketing it, uh, with Ole Miss and Florida State on tonight at 8 o'clock on ESPN. And so uh, two top 15 teams going at it. If you're a Buckeyes fan, you want Florida State to lose so we can move up again. Uh, Already had two top uh, six teams lose. The Browns should move up to number four. Uh, If Florida State loses, they should move up to three. And so if you're a Buckeyes fan, you're rooting for Ole Miss. Or uh, if you're sick of football, which if you're tuning into this podcast, you're not, check out Monday Night Raw, 8 p.m. USA. A lot of young guys doing a lot of exciting things. Kevin Owens is the new Universal Champion. If you didn't know what a Universal Champion is, it's just another name for a heavyweight champion. And so finally, click on. And so again, um, I don't just talk about the OBR, the Orange and Brown Report, as a part of the Scout Network, just because I'm on it, but because they are uh, the group that I've joined does uh, the best Browns coverage I know. And so um, become a Scout subscriber. Lane Atkins, uh, the two posts that he put up in the middle of the night, uh, Lane likes to work the night shift a little bit, about why all of the Browns moves have been made, how they've been made, how the offseason went is worth your subscription. So again, I encourage you, uh, go to theobr.com, subscribe, check out the Fast Lane with Lane Atkins. You will not regret if you like that backstage kind of inside info, Lane always has it for you. You can learn about all the moves, kind of the feel in the building, those kind of things. 
So again, thank you for stopping into this Lockdown Browns podcast. If you can't tell, I'm excited for the season. I'm excited for it to get started. I'm excited to see what this Browns team full of speed and youth can bring, even if the record doesn't show it. This is an exciting time to be a Browns fan. Thanks for tuning in, and go Browns. You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.